I will tell you, there's no way in hell I will subscribe long term to whatever. What is it? ABC, CBS, CBS. I don't know, whoever it is. CBS All Access. No way. Well, they the rest, of the, the rest Netflix, of the Netflix the rest deal of the quick. Freaking plan. Yeah, the rest of the planet gets it for free. Yeah, yeah right. For yeah, free, you're right. It on Netflix. If you're out of the country, they get it on no, Netflix. On there's a difference between getting it for free and getting it on Netflix. Netflix, you still pay for. Yeah, but I'm already paying for it. Ergo, it would be free. I'm not paying. <laughs> that is that's an interesting logic. Because I'm not. Because I already have it. I Just don't because have I'm to paying spend for it. Doesn't mean I'm not getting it for free. I am paying for Netflix already. So, so I would have to pay extra money. Let me just explain to you. You get, you would get it without paying any more, but you're still exactly. So therefore, Star (laughs) Trek is free. free. No, Star Trek is free because I'm already paying for Netflix. I see your point, but I'm not going to give in because I'm I'm going to have Netflix regardless. So. I should be, yeah, anyway. At no additional expense. Free. Would that be at no additional expense? Free? No. It's something I'm already paying for. I'm already paying for it. Bill, by saying you're already paying for it is undermining your argument that it's free. No, it's not. It's cementing my (laughs) argument because I am already paying for things that I want. Okay? (sighs) Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's... <laughs> Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And I know your attitude is no matter how wrong you are, you're not gonna you're never gonna say that you're wrong. Correct. <laughs> you're wrong about that. Wait. <laughs> yeah, see I almost fell into that trap. But I definitely ste- sidestepped that logical misstep. For huh? free. Right, no additional cost <laughs> to my self-esteem. Yeah, I sold that a long time ago. <laughs> As if you ever had any. Hey, I got feelings. Maybe they're just kind of dulled by the old Mountain Dew. Back to the bed. Back to the bins. I'm Paul Spataro. And that division by, Huntsworth. By by Cotton Cotton Robinson. Hey, it's old, Cotton, old man Cotton Mather. Yeah, Robinson. And this what? week this week the role of Scott Gardner will be played by Matt Hunsworth. Oh, I, sorry, I, Scott didn't, I didn't know Hunsworth. it needed to be method. <laughs> just said I would have prepared better. <laughs> what's what's just my say, motivation? My motivation is I'm, your motivation is you're angry at everyone. <laughs> yeah, right, there you go. And just I say, can do that. Hey, how's it going? It off. Oh yeah. Hey, how's it going? There you go. That's not bad. And so, so this week Scott's middle name is Hunsworth. There you go. It even begins with an H. <laughs> Perfect. Was said. So this is our our annual Halloween episode. The last two years we did a Halloween month. This year we got lazy. Lazy, lazy. Life kind of got in the way, so we're just doing one episode. And Doctor Bill suggested. That we cover a four-issue run of Marvel Team-Up from issue number 41 to 44. 
where they interact with the Salem Witch Trials, or as they say in the comic book, the Salem Witch Riots. Which Are they I worried about copyright infringement or something? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think don't the know statute of limitations that. passed on the Salem Witch Trials. I would think. Uh, yeah. You know, and clearly they did some research into this because they have real characters, characters from history in this storyline. Mm-hmm. So you would think that they would have given it the appropriate title, but not so much. Doctor Doom, Scarlet Witch. Um, no. Oh wait, they're not characters from history. No. You mean all these comic books I've been reading didn't happen? But oh, Co- man. Cotton Mather is a real character from history. Yes, he is. As are and the people who, in this storyline, were executed for being witches. Yes. Uh, John, what? what? I don't know why. I just you sound it's very Orwellian. Yes, indeed. The French champagne. Oh, the Orwellian, something different. I was thinking Orson Welles, and it all run, ran into one word, which is a different person. Orson Welles. Ah, yeah. It's been. I've been working on my notes for War of the Worlds week, and I got him on the mind. But it still doesn't excuse the fact that I called him Orwellian. <laughs> we were at Palmason. We will show no wine before it's time. <laughs> Maha the French champagne. <laughs> so before we start talking about these books, how you doing, Matt? <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. A little Orson Willian on the brain, but good otherwise. So you're doing a uh, War of the Worlds week again this year? I'm doing some War of the Worlds episodes in a week. I'm not doing full seven, um, uh, all seven Eight. days. So it's a, over a span of a week, a few episodes. Because if I did that, it really leaves me short for like the remainder of my life. I run out of everything in two years. Mm. So mm. what what uh, what War of the Worlds things are you covering this time out? I am doing Scarlet Traces, the Dark Horse comic sequel that was out, I think, in 2003. I am... Oh, let me pull up the calendar. I, I am going to do some uh, War of the Worlds-influenced things um, that... TV movie without warning, if you've never seen, is pretty phenomenal in um, <laughs> concept uh, execution. It's it's a TV movie budget, so it's a little stra- a little not so great. But uh, did um, did you do the TV show last year? For no, no, TV I'm saving show? that. That's oh, okay. that's like that's like forty some episodes. So I could save that for another time and do a, yeah. a little longer. I watched that I, as it was like when I was in the service, uh, when I was in the Navy, and I was watching it as it was coming out. And it's weird because I watched it on a little black and white TV because I didn't have cable. It was in my barracks, and I watched it on the little tiny TV I had. It was, it was a pretty cool show. And I don't think I, ever, I don't think I did a best of fives last year, so maybe I'll do a best of fives. But that's uh, that and a couple other things. I, I don't know why my calendar is not pulling up, but um, that's generally it. With a couple other things. Oh, the W uh, WKBW 1971 version too. I'm going to cover. So there's at least four things. Like I said, spread over a week, over seven days instead of seven days of stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool, though. I enjoyed last year's, so I recommend people go over to uh, Neozaz and check that out. That's coming up Halloween week? Yeah, I usually ended on the 30th when um, the original, not the original original, of course, the book, but the original Orson Welles um, broadcast took place. It actually took place on the 30th, so I try to Mm. do my last one on the 30th to wrap it up on the same day. Well, I anticipate this episode going up on the 28th, so... Okay, so just in time. Yeah, so anybody listening to this, just switch over to Neo's Ez and you'll, you know, after you listen to this, yeah. <laughs> go over to Neo's And then when you see, see none of the things that I mentioned, you realize I got burnt out really quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Alright, so any uh, any Halloween things to talk about, or should we just get into this comic? Or these comics? Um, yeah, I got nothing for Halloween. If you really want me to waste four of your hours, I could talk about Halloween Horror Nights, but they can go, that's another show on news as people can oh, check out. Oh, I hate to be saying uh, Well, I would say don't waste four hours, but if you want to pimp it, you can. <laughs> no, a, no. Actually, I'm a big yeah. baby and I'll never go. <laughs> no, no, I won't get too started. I'll just say, I, yeah, just if, if uh, you didn't know news as had a Halloween Horror Nights um, based podcast, we have one, so go check that out. We've been reporting all year leading up to the event. Now, right now, we're enjoying the event, and probably by the time people are listening to this, we'll be reporting on the wrap-up of the event, which actually runs till November 5th, I think. So, it's always fun going to a Halloween event as you're preparing for Thanksgiving. Ooh. Um, well, you might talk about it on your show, but I just want to ask you real quick. Did you see the new trailer for... Well, sure, of course you did. For there's Star a new, Wars? There's a new Star Wars trailer? Yeah, you've been sarcastic, no right? Well, I, I just saw it today. I'm I being sarcastic? <laughs> That's why I stopped stalking you. It wasn't any fun. No. You stopped stalking? <laughs> oh shit! Oh, I was supposed to mention that it was in the settlement. Damn it! There was a settlement. <laughs> I can play dumb too. Anyway, do it well. <laughs> it's one. Of my, it's part of my skill set. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to hear about the Star Wars trailer, I'm sure the two true freaks will have something out and. And no time, and I'm sure you guys are doing something, right, Matt? Uh, I'm sure those guys are. It's right now in the midst of Halloween season, so I, I, uh, I, I, I I'm kind of on vacation from my shows. Gotcha. But I'm sure I'm absolutely sure Tim and Chris, at the very least, will do something. Okay. Or have done something by the time this is out. Oh yeah, for pasta popcorn, probably. Right. Or maybe even Swig. Mm. Okay, on with the show. This so- is it. Curtain call. Dun, dun, dun. Let's get the words. I, I don't. I can't Overture, think. Overture curtain lights. Overture curtain lights. This is it. We'll hit the heights. And oh, what heights will hit? On with the books. This is it. I forgot that song. In my in between being a kid and a near grown up, and then Seinfeld reminded me about it once again, and uh, I've never forgotten it ever since that episode of Seinfeld. Oh yeah. That's uh, that was when they were going to the opera, if I remember yep. right. <laughs> yep. Elaine's like, "We're gonna miss the overture," and he does the whole song. Was that with the guy that was uh, doing the clown with Pagliacci? Yes, Crazy it was. Okay, so yeah, Pavarotti, uh, I'm not. Since we do not have a uh, Seinfeld show on the uh, Two True Freaks Network. I can also recommend Seinfeld in character <laughs> on Neo's yeah. ass, which I've been a, uh, a loyal listener to in the time it's been on. Betty, so, Betty, bad man. The first issue of our four-issue run is Marvel Team-Up number 41, which with a cover date of January 1976. Bill, where were you in January of 1976? I was living probably in outside Richmond, Virginia, in Ashland by King's Dominion uh, in the country. I know I lived there in 1976 because I remember watching the Centennial in 1976 on the TV. Or maybe the Bicentennial. That too. <laughs> you mean the, black the, and white. the big prediction? Black and white. I didn't specify 19 or 1876 in all fairness. <laughs> okay, you know what? You got me. <laughs> yeah, you where said were, 76. Where were you around that time, Matt? 
I was in Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Don't I don't know what time, what how old are you when you start kindergarten? Uh, five or six. Five. Okay, so five. I may have been in kindergarten. I'm not sure. Either that year or the next year. You make me feel old because I was in eighth grade. Oh my god! I mean, oh. I think I was seven. Yeah, I would have been seven. Wow, been... I'm on a show where I'm the youngest. That never happens on my my website. <laughs> I would have been 13. Yeah, I was born in 69. So, yeah, I was seven. So, how old were you, Matt? You were five? Five, yeah. Oh. Wait, 76? No, I was four because I wouldn't have been five till December. Holy, I mean, just, holy yeah. cow. Well, you, you, you may be too young to be on this show. That's This, this feels great. Now I know how everybody else I do a show with feels. Yeah, now <laughs> I know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But you always feel that way. Ooh, that is true, sadly. Uh, so, <laughs> the cover, drawn by Gil Kane and then uh, inked by Dan Adkins, shows Spider-Man being hit by a hex from the Scarlet Witch, who's clearly bewitched by Cotton Mather, who... Uh, nah, based on the way she is in the book, I think it's... Well, never mind. They don't... Well, I'm gonna. I'm really gonna go somewhere bad, so I just won't go there at all. Pro- probably best. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's that time of the month, and she, she's called the Scarlet Witch for a different reason. Oh, oh I went there. Sorry. Yeah, wow, you did, go, you did go there. <laughs> Send all hate mail to Doctor Bill, sexist pig, and bigot. So our synopsis for the first issue of this set is brought Care to us by the, by, by the Marvel Wiki page, and Wiki Wiki the, Wiki. The story is written by Bill Mantlo, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Mike Esposito and Dave Hunt, and if they got married, it would be Mike Hunt, uh, colored by Ellen Vartanoff, lettered by Gaspar Celadano, and edited by Marv Wolfman. The story is called A Witch in Time. When the Scarlet Witch is summoned by Cotton Mather to Dr. Doom's castle... Cotton Mouth? Cotton Mather, the summoning causes her to react violently, violently cut, towards... Yes, Bill, could, Bill could you interrupt a little more? Go ahead. And Cotton Mather as the beaver. Sorry. So, as I was saying, when the, Shut Scarlet, up! Witch, when the Scarlet Witch is summoned by Cotton Mather to Dr. Doom's castle, the summoning causes her to react violently towards the Vision before leaving in a Quinjet. When Cotton Mather tries to take control of the Scarlet Witch... She sends out a spell to bring help. The orb of mystical energy finds and transports Spider-Man to Doctor Doom's castle. There, Spider-Man tries to stop Cotton Mather, but the power of both Cotton Mather and the subjugated Scarlet Witch prove too much for the web-slinger, and he is buried under a pile of rubble. Cotton Mather then uses Doctor Doom's time machine to send both he and the Scarlet Witch back to the year 1692, during the time of the Salem Witch Trials. Spider-Man frees himself and follows them through Doctor Doom's time machine to 1672 as well. Arriving in that era, he sees the, that Cotton Mather has put Scarlet Witch on trial before all the pilgrims. The trial is interrupted by the arrival of the Vision, who also traveled back in time as well. When Spider-Man comes to Vision's aid, Cotton Mather orders the pilgrims to attack the trio. The story is continued in the next issue. Looks like there was a typo in there. Which one? 1672 and 1692. That is true. Yeah. Uh, well, 
going to the timeline on Wikipedia for the witch trials, it apparently says... That Spider-Man appeared in 16... It oh. looks like 1692 is our year. 1692, Columbus... Oh, wait, that was 200 years earlier. <laughs> so the one that said 1672 is in error. Error. The creator did made a mistake there. <laughs> nope. Don't! <laughs> so now, do you guys have any familiarity other than you know, a very cursory which, uh, knowledge, which would be what I have, of the uh, Salem Witch Trials? Funny you should mention that. Oh, boy. I have more knowledge from Monty Python than I do from yeah, exactly. history. Well, that 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 too. But right before I dropped out of college again... Uh, <laughs> I burned some woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. One of my assignments uh, in the class I was in that uh, I, was to do a research paper on the Salem Witch Trials, and I was actually going to use these four books as one of my sources. And that was suggested by the instructor. Ooh. Did they so, realize there's a... Oh, wait, no. Sorry, the typo was on Wikipedia. They realized there's a typo <laughs> in the book, but I just realized strong source. <laughs> yeah. So it was... Yeah, so I, I did a little precursory research and read up on on a little bit of it and some accounts and, and, and such. More than, more than, like, back in high school. So it's... You know, basically, it's, you know, was there really witches? Was it just the three kids faking it and getting people in trouble? Three rotten kids, uh, you know, things like that. Three rotten the kids in a big green Great Dane traveling around in a van. <laughs> <laughs> Zoinks! <laughs> did, when you did your research, was there any indication of any superhero activity at these? Uh, no, there was not. Which was one of the things I was having a hard time saying, how am I going to do a research paper with this? <laughs> well, it, it appears that, that Bill Mantlow at least gave the veneer of using, you know, a real historical background here. Mm -hmm. That he did use, you know, real characters from history. The Dark Rider. Well, oh, the Dark Rider, yeah. I think, maybe, uh, Poetic maybe a little bit of a stretch, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just looking at this first issue, what would you guys think? Uh, man, the Scarlet Witch is ugly when she's angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't seem to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That was, uh, oh, I gotta look up the artist. He doesn't seem so, to, to zone in on her very well in this particular issue. He he draws her with Lights, an exceedingly okay. large headpiece. Yeah, right. a huge head. Yeah. Big hair, big headdress. Big mouth when she's pissed off, turning around, staring at the vision. Like, <laughs> on the second she's, page. She is quite dramatic in each So why don't you leave me be, you crimson devil? <laughs> the witch needs you not. Okay. Now, is that Cotton Mather speaking through her, or is that That's just what I'm her, thinking, yeah. Her uh, being... Because, okay, because yeah. she refers... She says the witch needs you not, meaning in third person, like... He's speaking, you know, yeah. Because later, uh, if I remember correctly, Old Cotton will refer to Vision as a as a as a Crimson Devil yes. later in, in either this book or the next. So, and well, good old Vision just takes it into stride. <laughs> Wanda, <laughs> he, he is. I guess he has an inferiority complex of some sort <laughs> because he just lets people walk all over him. They should have had a panel of 
of, of an after panel of him after she left, like saying, "Oh, someone's headdress is too tight today." <laughs> <laughs> Someone go on the wrong side of the hex this morning. <laughs> now, one one of the things that kind of, I, I I don't know it just bothers me a little bit is they get so just cavalier about time travel. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like just it's for these people to walk around the block. There's not even a thought of, hey, if I go over to 1692, I might have problems coming back. Now, <laughs> that's program true. Dr. Doom's time machine to take us anywhere, anytime. I do always like the way when they travel through the time machine, how it slowly disappears their bodies from the bottom up. I like that. Actually, yeah. the, uh, the first panel of that, of her and Cotton Mather, I like that, that drawing. And then the uh, Spider-Man, and then with the arrow pointing, 1692, Salem Witch Riots. <laughs> <laughs> the arrows. That's my favorite bit. Well, actually, that's my favorite until like two pages later when Scarlet Witch gets hit in the face with a rock. Although I don't like the idea of someone getting hit in the face with a rock, but this picture is funny because it like does a ninety degree ricochet right off her cheek. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that must have. She must have one hard cheek. <laughs> cheek oh, yeah. and her right on the che- cheekbone, man. That had to hurt. <laughs> ah, well, give her a chance to be dramatic again. <laughs> Yeah, she's spitting Cotton's face. The villagers are throwing rocks. And Wanda comes in and grabs that hand before he can smack her. This has gone far enough. There will be no further violence done to my wife. <laughs> Is that your vision impression? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, Silver-tongued silver devil. <laughs> I, I could do, you know, Hal, you know, Wanda, you are distressed. Perhaps you should take a Midol tablet. Now that sounds more like what I expect out of Vision. Oh. <laughs> Except minus the mito. Well, in the movies, he has an English accent. That sounds true. sounds rather like Paul Bettany. Amazing. Oi, blimey, that's enough there, Scarlet Witch. Here's a <laughs> rock at your face. Ping. <laughs> How's that? Oh. That I, well, I think if, they, if they're looking to recast the role, you may have to try that. <laughs> Or you could always go out for the new Mary Poppins movie. You could do Dick Van Dyke's role. <laughs> there you go. Or, or if we uh, run short on a Saturday morning, we can. Uh, you could be our replacement, Andy Leyland. Oh God! <laughs> We're ready for Listen to the Prophets. Oh. This is not a Listen to the Prophets show. <laughs> now, what does the Scarlet Witch have? Does she wear like a body stocking besides the uh, bathing suit, cape, boots, gloves, and hat? I don't care what she wears. It's hot. I mean, uh, her her skin on her legs and her arms and her she probably has very fair skin because she's a redhead. Very very pink, much more so than her face. Her face, yeah. It's gonna say so. Either that, if that's her skin, then she's just got some real circulation problems. (laughs) Maybe she's got the diabetes. Yeah, I'm telling you, she's a redhead. She's got fair skin. She doesn't want to get burned. She doesn't want to get the melanoma. She's got brown hair. Yeah. No, she's a scarlet witch. Witch. Right? So she's a redhead. I've always considered her a redhead. Except but maybe they, she could be a brunette. Except the colorist never gives her red hair. Well, that's because they're wrong. Just like <laughs> Star Trek is free if I had Netflix. Ah, let's not go into that. Dr. Bill Logic. Landrew is exploding right now, and Nomad <laughs> is going to follow. I could take Landrew and Nomad both down and V'ger to boot. <laughs> My own logic will get him every time. So the the artwork in the book, just to get back to it a little bit, 
Mm. It seems to me... Considering we have the same artist, I think, through all four books, do you think this is the weakest of the four? I'm not sure if we have the same inker in all the books. uh, I'll check, because I've got all four books here. So do I. Well, Mike Esposito did the first two. That'll be some of Mike Esposito. So I think this art's better in the second, and then the third. He did the fourth one also, and... Yeah, he did all of them. And I would say, I would tend to agree with you that the first is the weakest of the four. But we'll talk about the others later. Right now, let's just kind of Mm -hmm. focus on this one. Uh, I've generally found, like, I have no problem with Mike Esposito, and they did an episode of Comic Book Men where uh, they were selling a bunch of his original stuff uh, for his wife, because Mike Esposito passed away a while ago. Mm. And a lot of the stuff that they showed then looked much more imaginative than what I get out of Mike Esposito in these books. For the most part, when I see his inking, it's usually, you know, really just kind of filling in and darkening. It's almost detracing work. Whereas, you know, other inkers can kind of put their own stamp on things a little bit and kind of embellish what they're inking. I don't see Mike Esposito as really embellishing. Mm. Well, it seems like there's a lot of, mm, uh, to coin a phrase, Vinny Coletta-itis. Like some of the backgrounds are kind of plain, like solid colors or... Uh, yeah, you know, that's, I see exactly what you're saying. I didn't, I didn't notice it outright, but now that you pointed it out, I think that was kind of catching my eye that yeah every single uh, i did notice in one one panel it's like wow it looks like every color of the rainbows in it and i think that has something to do with it with everything being a solid color in the background behind like scarlet witch and spider-man maybe even vision in that panel yeah i mean it's like they kind of ran out like maybe they were just pressed for time it's like all right well because some pages have like a lot of background and then you have a couple others that are just just you know kind of just bland i mean every every one doesn't have to be chock full of something but just a completely, you know, blank, uh, and like a, and like a, a, totally yeah, like a totally different color for no apparent reason. Yeah, it's actually the Spider-Man one, the one where he's like leaping away from the, from the rocks, and it's a, it's a orange, almost solid orange background, a little bit of a yellow explosion, then of course the red and blue Spider-Man, and then a green karoom, and mm-hmm. then some clouds and some rocks, and it, yeah, but it it's is a little- but. Overly simplistic because yes. of the lack of anything, and it almost makes it look like a Spidey super story. Yep, yep. Yeah, because where would all that orange be coming from? He was—he's in a—he's in a dungeon with a bunch of gray, <laughs> and all of a sudden the background's Actually, orange. Because yeah. and... orange indicates speed. I don't know. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> it was the glowing of the time platform. That's it. Oh, wait, that was up through the hole in the floor. Never mind. Uh, overall, I thought the story was, you know, it's really kind of crazy, but <laughs> enjoyable to read. I, I kind of got a kick out of reading this one. I had read it new of the stands when it came out, and I don't remember being particularly enamored with this story. And I, I think back then it was more or less the character of Cotton Mather that kind of turned me off. Because he just seemed like, you know, just a raving lunatic and... Not much more to him than that. 
And now, 40 years later, I'm looking at it, and he's really just kind of a raving lunatic and <laughs> not much more than that. But I'm more forgiving of that than I was then. Well, what's amazing is from the cover, his hair turns brown to white in the inside of the book. That's that's a pretty... Uh, he must get scared. You know, Maybe he went to Halloween Horror Nights to the Cotton Mather's uh, house or something. As, as rendered in an artistic uh, work in Wikipedia on the Cotton Mather page, he does have white hair. I think in the next issue, before he gets, before the Dark Rider gets his hooks into him, or or whatever, he does have darker hair, and then it kind of, I guess, it just suddenly becomes white. I guess. For, because he's with evil. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Makes sense. He's a strange-looking dude in the uh, Wikipedia page. <laughs> I grew well, up watching SCTV because we had no cable, and like every character name in SCTV is some kind of pun or parody. And then when I learned about the Salem Witch Trials and Cotton Mather, I was like, "That's not a real name. You're making that up. That's that's a parody of Cotton Mouth, isn't it? You're that's messing like with me. I should teach." Like Guy Lombago and yeah, exactly. Yeah, Guy Lombardi, uh, uh, Doctor Tongue. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Grimley, of course. Was it Dr. Tung's 3D House of Stewards? Yeah, heart, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pick up a cat and yeah. And, and Is that Ironside? No, he leans in and out with his drink. It's 3D. It's, and, he, and they sounded do sound like you, sounded like you were doing the theme music from Ironside. No, that would be... <laughs> See, it's different. It's very different. Ironside, I understand you get for free. Hey, my wife is out of that wheelchair now. I thank you very much. <laughs> and we're all very happy for her. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's she's getting ground great on her knee now. <laughs> Just crawling on the on the ground, <laughs> sprinkling do groceries. <laughs> Jen, do the laundry. Take it easy. Take two Get steps up. with that. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, why don't, why don't we rate this one and move on to the second volume? Uh, I'll go. So the cover uh, in your little thing that you sent us, the Marvel Wiki stuff, that cover image in that logo in the corner of the Scarlet Witch was used in a issue of Avengers and apparently on a 7-Eleven Slurpee Cup, too. Really? Yeah, the one like That's in the funny. bubble up there at the top, I guess. It, 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 oh, it I see, yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't used on an Avengers Cup. I guess it's like a lifted from... It said Avengers 85, page 19. I didn't look it up to see if it looked exact, but it, that looks like something I remember seeing in a book <laughs> once. Okay. Once. Only once. Once. So, yeah, it's Gil Kane, so of course we have uh, people with misshaped noses. Uh, Scarlet Witch looks evil. And I guess we could tell she's evil because she's shooting a green bolt into Spider-Man's face. She doesn't even have a nose. She's got two holes in the middle of her head. Exactly. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a snout. Yeah. She has a snout. She looks like Morbius in drag. And that joke just fell flat. I had no idea. <laughs> Scott, I, I mean, Scott. I got yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, Scott's not here. That's why nobody laughed. But I'm, uh, yeah, Paul should have got it. I got it. I ain't got it. I think it was funny. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I ain't got it. Now, that was funny. <laughs> hey. So the cover, uh, hmm. I'm gonna give it a C plus. The interior art for me, not the best of the four we're gonna cover. 
I do like the, you know, beam me up time platform shots. Um, but there's nothing really dramatic or stands out about it. So I think on the interior art, I'm going to give it a C plus as well. And the story is just batshit crazy. So for that, I got to at least bump it up to a B for batshit. So mm, still C plus right right now for the first one. All right. Uh, I think I'm not crazy about the cover. I don't really like the layout. I don't like the you know traditional Gilt Kane, somebody being thrown you know, Spider-Man in the air like that. Uh, even like he just doesn't care. They're in some really weird architectural place on the cover, too. They're just on some steps. It's like an Escher painting. The, the steps are running really weird. Or an Escher oh, painting. And, and they can, <laughs> they can, they can really... Now I see, yeah. They can really use a handrail. Yeah, I was going to say, that's... They're, they're not up to code. That's an ocean nightmare right code. there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm not crazy about the way Cotton Mouth is drawn. I... I I really like Gil Kane. This is not one of his better efforts, I don't think. He's got a really wide stance there, too, man. He's like, his leg is behind the Scarlet Witch, yeah, covering the look, entire width like, of this. He looks like the Toad. <laughs> he does look like the Toad in Mastermind's outfit. So I'm, I'm going to say a C- minus on the cover. I think this is subpar Gil Kane. Um, the interior art, I feel like it's workmanlike, but it could be much better. Uh, I, I really just found Scarlet Witch's headpiece to be very distracting, the way it was drawn. Just so big in some of the shots. Just I'm just thinking, looking at the second page, the very first panel. I mean, it's just... It's so big, it pokes out of the panel. You couldn't, like, you couldn't walk through a metal detector with that thing. She's getting ready to deflate the, bu- the, uh, the thought bubble up there. Letters everywhere, all over the page. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not bad, it's just... Like I said, it could be so much better. I'm going to say it's almost like the definition of a C for the interior art. It's average. There's nothing special about it, but it's not horrible. So, C on the on the artwork. The uh, story, I totally agree with you. It's batshit crazy. It's all over the map. It makes uh, very, very what-the-heck type use out of time travel. Uh, but it's fun. And for that, I would say a B. Overall, I'll give the book uh, just a C plus. Oh, uh, one more thing before you give your grade, Matt. So on page two, the bottom panel where Vision is hugging Wanda, he looks like he's looking for lice in her hair. <laughs> he's smelling it, actually. Mm, <laughs> gee, your hair smells terrific. You've been smoking again. <laughs> Right? Look at look at these. He's frowning as he's doing it. Mm. I thought we agreed you were going to stop. You smell like your brother. Odd. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that is so wrong. Oh, wait, that's, that's future and in a different Marvel Universe. Sorry, yeah. sorry. We're talking about the Ultimate Universe. My bad. Go ahead, Matt. You're up. All right. Okay, well, the cover, I was thinking C, but I, I mean, I don't know artist off the top of my head so i didn't i mean your your comparisons of his other work they're absolutely fair for c minus but i didn't have that going into it so i'll go with a c but i mean for, for all the flaws there's a lot of a lot of i actually i actually applaud some of the oddities of this now the stairs i hadn't seen the stairs before i love that if i really take a look at where that bolt's hitting spider-man and how his neck is turning and where his shoulders are falling i'm not quite sure that can actually happen i guess maybe it's it's, it's kinetics 
Yeah. <laughs> and Good then show. the uh, the um, wavy uh, like radio wave light beam coming off Cotton Cotton Mather's cross into Scarlet Witch's head. I just hear it going. Woo! I, li- I actually really <laughs> love that part of the picture. So I'll give that a C. Artwork. Oh my God! It's like yeah. It's it's the Scarlet Witch. It, it, it's actually. Apart from what we talked about, of the kind of the simple solid colors and backgrounds, that's all okay, except for any panel Scarlet Witch is in, because her headset is so big, it doesn't fit in hardly any panel she's in. It is, it's crazy. She's like the weakest, that, that, the character drawing is the weakest link of the artwork, which I'll give that a C as well, because, I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily bad, but it's like, man, that was just like, that was a big miss on her. But I did like the... Uh, I don't know why I like the um, time portal blades or whatever. Pat, uh, pain, pain? It looks like a pane of glass. I like I liked the way that was explained in one page. I really I thought that was neat. Story? I actually really like when fictional characters interact with the real world. But like in a, in a way that they're not trying to make sure they upset the any history or anything. They just put them in there to tell a story... And related to something that happens, I actually really like that. Um, with anything, TV, movies, definitely in comic books. So the story I'm into, I give that a B plus so far. So I guess between what a B plus and two C's, that's a, a, a B minus C plus somewhere in between the two for overall. All that's right. a good first one. That's fair. Well, if you like that, Matt, there's a there's a John Byrne comic. You know the one I'm thinking of, Paul, where he draws, where somebody steps on Doom's... What? What? Huh? You said, do I know which one you're talking about? Yeah, well, you said it was a John Byrne comic. How do I know well, which one Well, I don't know exactly about? which... There's a John Byrne FF comic, and I don't remember which one, where they're on the platform. I, I don't remember if it's all of them or one person, but, but it's it's a really cool, cool one, because not only does he... I, I think it shows it like from two different views, like where they're disappearing, and then as they're reappearing it's showing like the top of them is where they are in the past and the bottom is where they are in the future and then as it changes that goes up and the whole like the background changes as it goes up their body until they're 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 fully to where they're either in the future or the past and it's I it's don't remember that i swear that's an ff i believe you i just don't I just remember <laughs> it don't know where and then another one book that takes use of a his, his historical character, which I think we've done that on here. Isn't there one where Superman fights Benedict Arnold or? Oh no, it was it was uh, Robin and Batgirl. Oh. Robin and Robin, Bat- Robin and Batgirl fought, fought Benedict Arnold. It was kind of the ghost of Benedict Arnold who was trying to. That's what it was. Get his soul out of hell. That's awesome. Yeah, it was kind of cool. <laughs> That was, uh, was that a Batman, Batman family one? Batman you should have me on that show. Batman <laughs> family number one if you want to check it out, Matt. Okay, so we'll, we'll move on to the second of our four books, which is Spider-Man, uh, excuse me, Marvel Team-Up number 42, teaming up Spider-Man and the Vision. And we have a very busy cover here. <clears throat> but I think it's a way better cover. Yeah, I definitely I think agree. It's, it's, it's a superior cover. Uh, we got a scene on a wooden bridge with the vision squaring off against the death stalker uh in this ah, issue he's called the dark, dark rider. rider dark rider yeah i know but he looks just yeah, like the death stalker from daredevil <laughs> yeah. only he's on a horse much like the headless horseman and he does have a cat on his shoulder doesn't he 
I'm just mm-hmm. noticing that now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice it, yeah. And then Spider-Man is in between for... them being attacked by Red Wing. No, it's a, it's a giant flaming eagle. Oh, okay. Literally, a giant flaming eagle. <laughs> so, it's it's as I said, it's a very busy cover, but I kind of agree with you that it's superior to the previous one. Is this a so, Gil Kane cover as well? This is this is not a Gil Kane cover. That's this is the right. only one of the four that is not. And let me just punch up that information quickly. Oh, did you notice the eagle is clawing Spider-Man's back too? Yes, I did. Oh yeah, yeah. Not a nice eagle. No. It's not not the eagle from the Muppets. <laughs> Sam the eagle. Sam's not yeah. nice either. He's That's nicer true. than that. That's true. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah this, this, this cover is by Ed Hannigan and Mike Esposito. Hmm. So this story or this synopsis, also from the Marvel Wiki, goes like this. This story is called Visions of Hate. Continued from last issue. Coming to the rescue of the Scarlet Witch, who has been put on trial during the 1692 Salem Witch Trials by Cotton Mather, the Vision and Spider-Man free her. They are then attacked by Cotton Mather and his followers. During the fight, Spider-Man is knocked out by the followers, Scarlet Witch is grazed by a bullet, and the Vision is taken out by Cotton Mather. Spider-Man awakens in a prison cell with people who have been accused of being witches and are slated to be hung. He's greeted by John Burroughs, who tells him how Cotton Mather had come here to increase fear of witchcraft so that he could exploit the genuine witches. Vision arrives and frees Spider-Man and the still unconscious Scarlet Witch, and the two heroes go go to capture Cotton Mather. They find him speaking to his master, a being called the Dark Rider. When the Dark Rider reveals his plan, the Vision lashes out, blowing their cover. Right when Spider-Man is about to tell Dark Rider where he came from, they are interrupted by the arrival of Doctor Doom. I'm gonna let you know what the Dark Rider. I was trying, I'm trying the, to do. Is that the Midnight Rider? Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna run to the witch trials. Oh, so. Not gonna catch. No, not gonna catch the Dark Rider. Hey, I'm making this stuff up as I go, so. So right off the bat, my first thought is these guys have such good aim with with pebbles. You know what? It's, I was hoping this is going to be a running gag for every issue where when when a new character appears in Salem, he gets hit in the face with a rock. It's like Charlie Brown. I got yeah. a rock. Pow. I really get excited that we had a running gag going here, like a, like some kind of sitcom. That opening page is mm-hmm. drawn well, but I think everybody here needs to go to the bathroom. I mean, they, they, Vision, they looks con- happy. Vision looks constipated. Mm. I think Spider-Man, of all of all the faces that shouldn't be able to show anything, Spider-Man looks constipated. <laughs> yeah, he's got. It's like his like, his oh, eyes are man. too low on his mask. Outhouse is where it looks and like his... a it looks like a like one of those spitting image puppets that used to like curl their face in completely, and the <laughs> eyes would be in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 So, yeah, so Vision gets hit in the face with a rock. Now it's his turn. Bonk. Bonk, bonk <laughs> on the head. No, Mr. Lovey-Dovey. Followed by some... The next panel shows some lady yelling at him. <laughs> that was I, I got a feeling that's how Vision sees Scarlet Witch all the time. <laughs> yelling at him? No. With I'm her hands pa- out at screaming. I'm, I'm not talking about the panel of the Scarlet Witch. I'm talking about the panel immediately next to the woman of the Vision getting hit by the rock. 
That man looks an awful lot like. Oh, him. that that's a that's a oh that yeah okay. That oh. guy looks like the lead singer of Wasp, Blackie Lawless. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Looks Anybody? Like Jabba the Hutt if he turned into a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> at last, I'm a real boy. So, Locust yeah, and look, look at the bottom of the page. It was locusts. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It was locusts. You and John Belushi are forgiven. It's about time. <laughs> that, you know, I'm, one of the comic tropes that just has gone, like, just used too often is when they want to have somebody shot, but it has to be a grazing bullet. How often does that really happen? Well, yeah. you know, the Scarlet Witch has those hard cheekbones and temples, which is why, well, she you got, know. She, she got hit with a bullet in the side of the freaking head. Well, it's, it's okay. It just, it's just a grazing it's a blow. It's her headrest because it's what? Made out of metal or something, I guess? I don't know. Crack! <laughs> it should say, like, ting! A lead ball. It should have gone right through her freaking head. Yeah. You know what damage weapons like that do if you actually get... Well, one, if you could actually get hit with one because the aim just sucks. But, um... Yeah, but these I... are like muskets. You can catch a musket bullets with your hand to be okay. <laughs> I don't think you can. She should have no. caught the musket ball in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> She's a witch. <laughs> She's a witch. Yeah, pr- prior to that vision, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, well, I was going to say, you know, they might want to try to calm the people and not, you know, further the witch or demon stereotype. So what does Vision do? He stuffs his hand through two guys. <laughs> yeah. If they didn't think he was a witch already, they'd be right, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he, he really had nothing going for him appearance-wise. Might as well just go for Broke. There's, there's no way they're gonna. He's gonna convince him he's not some sort of witch looking like that. Yeah, let me just make my hand intangible and pass it through. Yeah. And even Spider-Man says, "Man, the Vision's gone nuts." <laughs> he, I think he says that. Vision... Spider-Man gets knocked out too easily. What? Yeah. Isn't he supposed to have spider sense? Yeah. Spider sense. Sp- spider strength. He's taken sure. over by what? One, two, three guys. Three guys. Three guys. Nice. Three guys. Too he many. Too many of them at once. Not ready for. Uh. He could pick up cars for God's sakes. I was actually wondering in this issue of the three of them so far, which would be the likeliest to get killed with like time period weapons and violence and whatnot. I I, I think it might might actually be Superman or Superman Spider Man of the three so far. Well. Scarlet yeah. well, Witch I mean, would be the physically weakest and... of the three. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She, you know, she, she has can, the like, hex. Do... Yeah, I was gonna say she can do like projectile stuff. Oh, he's got his website. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, he, I, I did. I do know. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's. I mean, he's strong, but is he like? Listen, he... Uh, he's got radioactive blood. But yeah, is, is he? Uh, is his, is his skin? Is, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Is he? Is his skin a little? So is his whole body stronger or no, less vulnerable think. than a normal person's with that? Mm. I think he's I somewhat less vulnerable. Okay. I mean, he's, he's not he's not you know Superman, but uh, right. But he yeah, is, because he does he's have broken out of chains. Like he's been in chains and stuff, and he's broken out, and it doesn't yeah. damage. It doesn't bruise his body when he does it because you think yeah. Yeah, I, I guess he would have to have somewhat. But, uh, I mean, a, bu- a bullet would. I mean, a, a bodybuilder is strong, and a bullet is going to go through him as much as it is me. In fact, mm-hmm. I probably got a better chance of it going through some less soluble tissues than a bodybuilder. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I think you, you hit him with a bullet, he, he does bleed. Okay. What if you hit him in the face with a rock? I don't know. Maybe that'll maybe that'll be next issue. <laughs> just wait and see. But so, you know, it's it's just like I said though. It's this trope of a bullet grazing people all the time. Yes. I, you know, I've seen it so many times in the comics. You know that it's just kind of old because yeah. it's just not something that happens. Either you miss or you hit them. And and the for this particular one somebody? to do. In, the, for the, in, this, in order for this particular one to graze it, she has to already be in this position because there's no way she moved fast enough to. <laughs> she was not get hit back into the left. She, she just back happened to, to, to slip on a log or something walking through the. That was one magic cabin. bullet. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get the uh, Incredible Hulk transformation of the Vision. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Is this death, beloved? Is this how to feels to grieve, to hate? You have killed the woman I love. You will answer for that, each and every one of you. See, you read it like that, and how could every woman not be in love with him? He's yeah, but he's got the yellow eyes. See, he was doing this before Superman was doing the red eyes. He was doing the yellow eyes. Old yellow eyes is back. <laughs> exactly, Brett Spiner. Brent Spiner is the vision. Oh. Right. Like, practically, I mean, data. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, these are the jokes, folks. Well, Old Yellow Eyes is Back was a... Was uh, his album. That was his album, album. yes. That I did that, yeah. 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 People are going, what? Really? <laughs> huh? I like the, uh, the flashback artwork. It's, it's just a little darker, a little bit more creepy looking. It looks like more like a um, like the classics illustrated style yes, kind of. Yes, very much. Which a lot of this is is some of the things I remember in some of the research I did before I dropped out, of course. <laughs> yeah. so, so basically, you know, your your thesis w- research was all in comic books. <laughs> hey, man! <laughs> of, of a historical event in the United States. I. Hey, the Murd, Murd on comic. No, no. Well, he did a thesis on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. He didn't do a cri- He didn't do. He didn't do a thesis about the Depression and read about it in Superman comics. <laughs> hey, well, neither did I because I never actually finished it. Like, like I said, <laughs> it got too complex. Somebody expected them to actually read. A I had a job. Comic. Okay, I had bills to pay. Ain't no rest for the wicked. Oh, wait, that's uh, <laughs> Cage the Elephant. Sorry, sorry, folks. Uh, yeah. I'm telling you what, I couldn't go a whole day without quoting a song or a movie. I wouldn't be able to talk. So who's the old chick who's who's sticking the, the doll with the pin? Uh, that's Tabula. She was like the tabula. I can't remember how to pronounce her name. Tatuba. Tatuba. It's not a Tatuba. <laughs> she was like. Yeah, well, like it says that she was like the the house, you know, uh, I don't want to like guard, not guardian. Well, like, well, I guess the cook. She's a scary looking lady. Yeah. <laughs> so you got a bunch of bratty kids, and then uh, yeah, I know kids like this, just mean, rotten kids. Kids already scare me. These kids are creepy. 
yeah, they are, and and the artwork adds to that. I think. And then does, they yeah. they, then they go to those fits like they're like possessed. Yeah, like, the ones like got like like is like rabid drooling almost. It's yeah. just <laughs> it's just this one stage away from foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. And she's got a really big left hand. <laughs> she does. <laughs> it's like she's at a football game. We're number five. <laughs> Offsides. <laughs> then, uh, then the, that same page at the bottom of it, Cotton Mathis' hair is fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That looks like Carmen Electra in that picture. <laughs> oh God! So yeah, going to the next page after that, you know, you see how much stronger Spider-Man is than the average person. Right. Look how easily he breaks the wrist gauntlets off of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't seem to break him off anyone else. Yeah, he breaks him off the oh, right vision away. on the next yeah, page. True. Yeah, he does. You're right. It's okay, like he's sorry. doing a Jack Lane workout there on yeah. the pushing against the wall. Then he does his little medical thing. The bullet merely grazed her. <laughs> her breathing shallow but regular. Spider-Man, I thank you. Where'd you get your medical degree? The the medicine common. I screwed that up. Let's say medical column. Col- I did it again. Medical <laughs> column in the Daily Bugle. Wow. Okay. Go ahead and piece whatever you can out of all that mess and see if you can I'm make a joke out of it. I'm going to leave that as is, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes out and assaults the French guard that's guarding them outside. From oh! I told him we already got one. <laughs> Odds Botkins, it's sorcery. Odds Botkins, the only place I'm familiar with that expression was from the uh, Abbott and Costello movie, The Time of Their Lives. Hmm. When when he plays a Revolutionary War ghost, Luke Costello. Oh yeah. And he he constantly says Odds Bodkins in that. It's the only other place I've ever heard that expression. Hmm. That's uh, is it B O D? Yeah, B O D K I N S. Odds Bodkins Gazooks. You looking it up? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Huh? Says it's a person. Yeah. Is it? It says. Well, it, it corrected it, it. It corrected it to O D D. Let me take out a D. And try it again. Odd bot. Odd botkins. Okay. Oh, odd botkins is a mild, profane oath, which literally means God's dear body. It's hmm. now archaic, but was used as an exclamation f- like "God damn" or a host of others. The usual form of the second word is bodkin, which is a diminutive of body. The diminutive suffix kin is found in other such words as lambkin. Oh, small body? like Lambykins. Yeah, so, hmm. Odd bodkins. Interjection off of capitalized odds bodkins. Mm. So it is a time-appropriate expression. Holy shit! <laughs> that's that's kind of the current version of odds bodkins. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the... F- yeah, 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 there you go. What do you got? Son of a... Are you just going to give exclamations, or are you actually saying anything? Yeah, I was just giving exclamations. Interjections for emotion, <laughs> for excitement. Odd botskins! <laughs> <laughs> that was she did the show. Darn! Odd botskins. Okay, just uh, one more thought on the artwork is I really like the final splash page in the book. It's, when Doctor Doom yeah. appears, yes, yeah, so he didn't get hit in the face with a rock. 
<laughs> yes. And now, for no apparent reason, Doctor Doom! What? Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a... You know, like, who expected this to be? Happening? Crackling with energy. Well, geez, they, <laughs> only everybody and his brother just strolls through his castle and uses his freaking time machine. I mean, my God, the Avengers have gone, snuck into there and used it. You know, you, how about a lock, Doc? All right. <laughs> or unplug it, at least. Well, he does lock it, but then someone always comes back from the past that stopped him from putting the lock in. And so it's like, once the first one gets out, you can't stop it. Didn't it's I just, put a lock here? Keep, yeah, they keep coming back and, un- and uninstalling the lock before he put it on. Oh, my head hurts. Time, time travel. <laughs> time locksmiths. Yeah. yeah, good old Doc Doom. You guys have anything else on this issue? Uh, there's a hostess ad. Yeah, that actually threw me. I was like, what is this? Is it a little mini comic? Oh, it's a hostess oh, it's ad. I was all mad. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure that's a Russ Andrew drawn hostess ad. Spider-Man in May. Eating, eating Twinkies. Good old Aunt May. Man, look at that sweater Peter's got. Oof. I think I used to Oh, God, yeah, I see it. <laughs> That Charlie guy Brown is way up. too happy to bite into that Twinkie. He is all smiles. I don't even think he's going to bite it. I think he's just going to swallow it whole. <laughs> Look, I got no gag reflex. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's going to do either, and I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Why are they? Why are they like gleaming on the plate that Aunt May is handing the? Peter because Parker? they're golden. They're they're golden. Oh. cupcake Twinkies. <laughs> we yeah. and there's that. They're radioactive Twinkies. Mm-mm. All right. <laughs> so, why don't we rate this one? Want to go in the same order? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I like the cover. I lo- I like this color. Uh, the cover a lot. Uh, a lot better than the last one. Um, it's busy, but the, the proportions don't really look too wacky. Um. I mean that is a big giant eagle. I like, like I said earlier, he's clawing up Spider-Man's back, and Vision's blasting with his uh, his gem. And uh, I guess uh, the Dark Riders, I don't know, he's just deflected with his. Uh, he's like, your powers can't harm me, you fools. Uh, I'm gonna give this cover. I think I'm gonna give this one an A minus. Now the inside, the artwork is picked up a little bit. We don't seem to have as many um, uh, just blank backgrounds like we did last time. I like the like the the change in art for the flashback. Um, the what's also interesting when they first arrive, it's it's at night, so you've got a lot of like stars and stuff in the sky. It's it's not just plain black. Like a little bit of detail was put in there. It kind of gives it a spooky flair, uh, you know, to kind of go with our Halloween theme. And, and then at the end, when Doctor Doom shows up out of coming out of, you know, standing on the rocks out of the trees with that, whatever that silverish, whitish energy just going from hand to hand up into the air and, and everything. So I'm, I'm going to give the art on this. Uh, I think I'm going to give the art an A minus. And again, the story is maintaining the same level of, uh, of wackiness, but it's got a little bit of like some like like trying to teach you a little somewhat of a possible historical lesson in here. So I think I'm gonna sc- scoot it up to a B plus. 
So I guess I'm going to give it an A minus for this one. Ooh. All right. Did I go second or third? I don't yeah, know. You went uh, second. yeah, you went second. Okay. Um, I agree. I like this cover better than the last one. Uh, where did I put it now? Hold on. There it is. Uh, I don't think I'm quite as high on it as an A minus. Th- I'm going to say, I'm just going to go slightly lower. I'm going to say a B plus. I don't think it quite hits the A level. Uh, the interior art. I do think is better than what we had last issue. I think there's a couple of points where it kind of shines a little bit, especially in some of the flashback sequences. Uh, there's, you know, it's it's not great, but it's solid. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say a B minus on the interior art. The story is just as batshit crazy as the last one, uh, and then the ending of Doctor Doom is kind of like a what moment. So. I'm going to say a B on the story, and overall I'm going to give the book a B. All right. Uh, yeah, cover definitely better. No no argument there. So that is what I do, a C before, so I'm going to say a B on this one. Artwork also better. Uh, I, I think it same. same. Like, you know, I'm going to go B plus because I just scrolled right to the panel where Vision gets hit in the face with a rock. I love, <laughs> I love that. So far, so B plus for that. And st- I'm still enjoying the story as much as I did the first one, so it hasn't lost or gained. So that's still out of B. So it's just at a uh, at a B scraping a B plus, I guess, with all those grades. So right about along with everybody else. Okay, and that's the end of number forty-two. So now, if we go on to issue forty-three, which shockingly came out a month later. You want me to read this one? Do you want to read it? Sure. You have fun reading it. All right. So we've got Marvel Team Up 43, which came out, um, well, it's got a cover date of March, which would be 76. And we've got um, on the cover, uh, well, that's the Dark Rider, but he looks more like uh, Ares Gone Mad or something. Um, Because in... In Marvel, Ares has a mohawk, uh, the God of War. But, uh, yeah, he's like a cross between a vampire and Ares. And he's got Doom in one hand clutching him and uh, Spider-Man coming at him with the other. And he's getting ready to grab him with a giant hand. And up in the logo on the cover, we have, uh, you know, we got Spider-Man on the left, Dr. Doom on the right. Which that uh, trivia from the synopsis, that picture of Doom comes from the cover of Fantastic Four 58. Is where that art was appropriated from. Mm -hmm. And the story is a past gone mad. And Bill Mantlo is the writer. Sal Buscema and Mike Esposito are again the artist. Karen Mantlo is the letterist. Uh, Janice Cohen is a colorist. And Marv Wolfman is the editor. And the story goes... With the arrival of Doctor Doom to the year 1692, a battle erupts between him and Dark Rider, the Rider seeking to steal Doom's magical power. Aided by Spider-Man, Vision, and the Scarlet Witch, the battle is slightly in in the hero's favor. However, comma pause for effect, the Dark Rider begins absorbing more power from all present and gains the upper hand. As the battle rages, John Proctor, 
Proctor! Oh, sorry, that's Police Academy. And his people are brought before the historical trial that would lead to their accusations of being witches and eventual hanging. The battle in the woods rages on, and the heroes gain the upper hand once more. However, when the vision is struck down, maybe by a rock, we'll find out, the Scarlet Witch lashes out uncontrollably. Just like Vision did last time. And he got taken out. Dark Rider uses this moment to break free. I want to break free. And make a <laughs> final strike on the heroes. Knocking them all and Doctor Doom unconscious in a powerful mystical bolt. With all his opponents incapacitated, the Dark Rider gloats over his victory. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hey man, I'm a Dark Rider. <laughs> Look at me, I'm all wearing black. Look I'm at so me, emo. I'm a pilgrim with a with a cat on my shoulder, and I got mystical energies. That's in the splash page where I guess Doom and the Dark Rider are showing like, well, I can make a bigger little mystical energy thing than you can. Well, yeah, well, I got a cat. Well, yeah, well, I got a green cloak. Well, yeah, well, I got armor. Well, yeah, whatever. I got a hat. I got a rock. I got a rock. I'm gonna slap it upside your head. And Cotton Mather is like. I don't know. He's like down on his hands and knees. like. <laughs> so now he's bowing to Dr. Doom and the Dark Rider's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> My servant switches his leads to you, Doom. I give him freely as I have uh, done with him. He's a piece of crap. <laughs> now, how did Doom, did Doom come on? I guess he came in the same time machine. But I, I'm a little just like, they never really explained how he knew to come back. Um, I think that it said later because Doom tells him because reasons. <laughs> well, yeah. because like Come something on. was affecting the future, and he was coming back to fix the past, and he could only leap within his own life. Oh, wait, never mind. That's <laughs> Doom leap. Doom does not leap into others. <laughs> Doom only leaps into himself. No one is. But this perfect. goes back to what I was saying earlier about them just just a little cavalier in their use of time travel. In my opinion. Oh, and the, Dark, the Dark Rider knows everything about Dr. Doom. Uh, he's oh, your mother dabbled with magic. Oh, and you discovered magic. And then you were a dick when you went to college. And then you uh, <laughs> blew up a machine. And then you uh, didn't like your reflection and smashed it. And, of course, John Byrne would retro that uh, later on. Um, did you read that story, Matt? I don't know if you did. Because you know, you'd think that Doom had this horrible disfiguration right which he mm. does in the comics but the story that Byrne told was that actually doom just had like a little tiny scar on his face and it and he just couldn't deal with that so he uh, went off into the mountains and went to tibet and they made him the armor and like when quiet chang kang grabbed those steaming hot uh cauldrons and burned his arms with like the dragon and the 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 tiger tattoo well the face mask was way too hot so doom stuck it on his face before it was cooled and melted and disfigured himself Mm. completely so it was own hubris by the little tiny scar on his face you know god forbid if that guy got a pimple yeah right i i I believe that was a jack kirby concept that john byrne was acting on oh okay I think that was something Jack Kirby had suggested quite some time ago to do. Mm. And for some reason, Stan didn't want to do it. So John Byrne waited until he had the opportunity, and then he adopted it. Cool. Did not know that. At least that's my understanding of it. I like it. If I'm wrong, 
If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, address any comments to Bill. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. You know what? That's one of the beauty. That's one of the beautiful comments you can make. If you say, "I'm just saying," you could pretty much have said anything before it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just, just like if you say "no offense," you're then allowed to say the most offensive thing. Yeah, I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Allow me to be blunt. Blah 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 blah. What? Wait, I didn't give you permission yet. No. Oh. To, to be honest. Now I'm going to be horrible to you. Usually, usually I lie. <laughs> that's why I have to start this sentence with "to be honest." That's a, that's so, a, yeah, uh, yet, yet another idiosyncrasy of language. So you know, when when you ask somebody a question and then they turn to you and they say, "Honestly, no, 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 please lie to me." Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. What's what's the next statement coming out of your mouth? And then I'll decide. I hate it. Okay, exactly. uh, dishonestly, I love it. I'd right, rather let's start you again. <laughs> So the Dark Rider turns his little cat into like a giant uh, kind of cat. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, like a like a lion or tiger-sized cat or a purple panther. The great so one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple panther, panther eater. eater. <laughs> purple superhero the, eater. The Dark Rider's got like the uh, TV cape. <laughs> Look into my cape. See, yeah, like, Doctor yeah, like- Doom. It's like a guy on the street selling stolen merchandise. Although stolen merchandise happens to be like a, a I don't know what. Hey, want to buy a trunk? Want to buy a guy with a briefcase? Yeah. Want to buy a briefcase? Want to buy a machine that'll blow up in your face? Want to buy a broken mirror? Want to buy a guy in a bathrobe? <laughs> but it is kind of a cool shot though, because it's it's it goes over two pages. I would uh, love to be shown this picture without the dialogue and try to figure out what's going on. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I found an owl yeah, in, a, right. <laughs> in a case, and I cooked it in a giant cauldron, and then took my lunch to work in a briefcase with the owl. <laughs> but then when I got to the dentist chair, I sat in it, and I was so fat, I shattered it, and I was so mad when I got home, I broke the mirror. Because I didn't get my teeth fixed at the dentist. That's what happened, with no dialogue. See, who says pictures can't tell a story? <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said that. You know, and all of that is all of that is surrounded by fighting the giant purple panther. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which you it's like an afterthought because you're drawn to the stuff in the middle and you're like, yeah, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, they're fighting that panther on the sides of the page. Which makes me think no one is paying attention to the story <laughs> this guy's telling at all. It's like we're a little uh, busy, pal. We we know who Doctor Doom is. Okay, good for you for just finding out and showing us in your magic TV cloak. But we got a purple panther trying to eat us here. Yeah, but did you see my fabulous purple outfit? <laughs> purple pilgrim outfit? Maybe the pilgrim is a purple man. You know, I've <laughs> never, I've never like on the top of page ten there. For some reason, I just don't like that view of Doctor Doom. He always, he just looks like he's so surprised. He's got he's got skinny face. Oh, yeah. He's like, holy cow! Bolton, can you can you tilt my eyes my eye openings a little more? <laughs> a little more, further, further. I can't I even love, see love, out of here. <laughs> I love about these classic comics of Doctor Doom and Iron Man too. The facial expressions on their immovable masks that I continue know, to change. I didn't know a metal mask could elicit surprise, right? <laughs> or have a nose like Doctor Doom does. Let's get the triangular nose. 
So, uh, yeah, Wanda gives it all she's got and takes out the little tubby tabby or whatever the hell it is, turns it back into a cat. And, and yeah, it's now a smoldering Siamese is what Spider-Man says. (laughs) Purple Panther smoldering Smoldering Siamese. Siamese. And then uh, Wanda's like, just wasted. Uh, uh, Forgive me, beloved. I feel faint. Uh. Uh, We don't have to forgive you. You're just useless. You're just a woman. Oh, send all sexist yeah. thing. Hey, Will you read fuck? Richards? <laughs> true, true. I'd read Richards for that. I'm not Dr. Rich. I'm Dr. Uh, Bill Richards. That's me. She should I, not I mean, worry about fainting because that face mask will catch enough air on the way down that it'll just gl- <laughs> gently lay her down on the ground. <laughs> He's laughing, laughing through the flames. <laughs> um... Doctor Doom is so mischaracterized here on page thirty. He's, for the first time in his life, Doom begins to sense the meaning of the words "total defeat." <laughs> really? Are you giving up that freaking easy? He's standing there. I mean, Doom. Doom should be as long as I have a breath, I will find a way to defeat you. But Not, oh well, I'm still standing here, but I'm going to just throw in the towel now because I. I sent some rays out of my hands, and it didn't knock you down. Well, that's because the dark that's because the dark rider revealed himself, and he is ugly. He's ugly. ugly, ugly, yes. He's got that blue, ugly. blue mohawk. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like a a, a white, scary Mister T vampire. Come on, fool, coward, Victor Dom Doom, before you fall on your knees before me, before the awesome power of the dark rider. I pity the Doom. I think it's- it's absolutely ridiculous that Doom is ready to throw in the towel that quickly. That's because he's a paper champion. Doom, Doom, if anything, he'd be coming up with the, uh, the the mechanism to steal the power from the Dark Rider instead of it being the other way around. Yeah, this like, kind of is like a role reversal of when he sucked out the Silver Surfer's power. Because he's just blasting away and the Dark Rider just gets bigger and bigger. And, and meanwhile, they cut back to um, the, the witch trial where... Um, John Proctor and his people are getting sent up the river by those nasty little kids. Ugh. It's like those kids you see that's just out in public. You just like you just smack. <laughs> Sorry, did I say too much? <laughs> those kids. Those kids. Not my kids. My kids are precious, <laughs> perfect angels. <laughs> uh, I, I like that when he finally knocks them out. He knocks them out, and then he decides to pick up Doom's body to gloat a little. <laughs> like a rag doll. Yeah. Rag doll, living in a Of course, he hit him with two power turnips in the panel above it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the power turnip. <laughs> Again, purple. Yes. A lot of purple. Purple is the color of the day. So he 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 even speaks purple. His uh his his balloons yeah, are right, all yep. purple. Yep. And the game begins. A new my game and made a future tremble. I <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> pitied the doom. So what'd you think overall on this thing? Uh, am I going first again? Yeah, I'll yeah, go first. Yeah, yeah, go first. So, go for it. Uh, go for it. Uh, I mean, this cover... Alright, the last cover was busy. This cover is busy. It's Gil Kane, but I don't like this as much as the last cover. 
And the I can't. It's like the Dark Rider. Okay, he's purple and all the other. Now we know that sometimes Gil Kane was pumping out so many covers. He sometimes didn't have a full idea what was in the book because he's not doing the interior art. But the Dark Rider, while his head is the same, his outfit it was like he's wearing like a baby blue suit like like a business suit yeah yeah and, we're, we're with and, the, and his body is in a very very weird angle yeah it's like his hand is like way like his hand sh- i don't care how big he is his hand shouldn't be that big right <laughs> so i gotta i gotta mark it down some and just give it i'm just gonna give it a c plus b minus uh the interior art is i still think it's doing pretty good um when it gets back to the serious tone of the trial, you can tell a change in the style of the of the word balloons, you know, and of the action. Like everything's confined into mostly. I mean, there's a few word word balloons that pop out a little bit when people are yelling, but it's it's more subdued and more you know, telling the straightforward story of these people. Whereas the other ones are action and you know blasts and everything and. It's, it's, it's just a little bit more dynamic, um, but I I still think the again I like this art better than the first issue, maybe not as much as last issue. So I think I'm going to give it a B plus. And the story is uh, well, hey, we got Doctor Doom here, we got Crazy Mister T, Dark Rider. Uh, it's, I, I'm still going to give the story a, a a B. So I guess right now I'm looking at a B minus for the book. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's the thing is, I like the cover as far as its showing of action and just looks kind of exciting. But the Dark Rider, his anatomy is just kind of really, really wonky. And I kind of feel like they should have worked Vision and Scarlet Witch in there somewhere other than just having their names written on the cover. So, I'm going to just say a C-plus on the cover. The interior art, I think it's kind of more of the same of what we got last issue. Um, but it doesn't have it doesn't have the uh, flashbacks to the witch stuff that made the last one a little bit more compelling. So, I'm going to say a B-minus on the interior art. Story-wise, it's still all over the freaking map and wonky. And fun. So I'm going to say a solid B on the story, and I'm going to give the book a B minus overall. All right. Well, for the cover, um, yeah, I, I don't like this cover. This cover is, uh, I think, the worst of the three so far. I mean, it's not, again, not so terrible, but it just doesn't, it's not working for me next to the other two. So. I'll say C minus. It's not quite D, but it's pretty poor compared to the last two. Artwork. I think this one follows right behind the last one. It feels like I'm still reading the same story, so that that didn't change at all. I'll give that a B. Uh, story is um, now we're kind of instead of them in the Salem witch trials, we have them in the past, and the Salem witch trials are in different panels. So it's starting to break apart a little bit for me, but I'm still enjoying it. Uh, I have been going a solid B up to this point. I'm going to go to a B-minus now. 
And that's, what is that? So it's C minus, B minus, and a B. So I guess that's, we'll call it a, I'll be fair. I'll call it a B minus overall. I'll be generous. Okay, mm. and that'll do it for the third of our four issues. Moving on to issue number 44, Death in the Year Before Yesterday. Huh? That's the name. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. And let's get to that issue. Yeah, it is. There it is. Okay. It's April 1976. Same uh, creative staff as before. Uh, including Gil Kane on the cover. The cover shows the Dark Rider kind of squaring off against Moondragon. I'm looking while, over a Moondragon. Moondragon. <laughs> Vision, Vision and Spider-Man are breaking Doctor Doom out of some sort of orb. It's a Cadbury and, Easter egg. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, the, and the Scarlet Witch is helpless down below. Of course. She's also tiny. And I kind of like the cover... As far as the art goes, I really don't like the color palette on it. I don't like the background. It's just too bright. It's a background I that don't like, ruined it. I don't like the Dark Rider's pale blue costume either. Yeah. That, 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 that... This cover needs to be darker. Soft yellow is just not doing that. That actually kind of ruins it. Yeah. It needs to be a darker cover. Yep. As far as the penciling and inking, it's fine. I think the muscles on Spider-Man and Vision look pretty good. Trying to break Doom out of the, you know, Reese's Pieces shell or something there. <laughs> Probably should have had Scarlet Witch actually throwing a hex towards him instead of just standing there helplessly. She's trying to she give him like a wedgie she's, or something. She's, like she's holding on to Vision's cape and just leaning back, like, you know, playing a just hang, hanging ten. You don't tug on a Vision's cape. You don't. Oh, wait, you know, just, and you don't mess around with Dark Rider. Do, 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 do. So the story goes like this. In the present day, Moondragon has been plagued by dreams of Spider-Man, Vision, and the Scarlet Witch's situation in the year 1692, and soon finds herself pulled into that era by the Scarlet Witch's magic. There she finds that the Dark Rider has created a device that will drain the energies from Spider-Man, Vision, Scarlet Witch, and Doctor Doom. Giving Cotton Mather a dagger with which will help the process flow faster by killing each victim Moondragon intervenes and blasts Darkrider with a mental bolt. As Darkrider tries to absorb Moondragon's power, she mind links with him and learns his origins. The other heroes revive and arouse Dr. Doom. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's kind of scary. <laughs> who counterattacks Darkrider. Taking a cue from Doom, the other heroes pile in and attack Darkrider all at once. With the added power of Moondragon, Darkrider is destroyed, and Cotton Mather is driven mad. As if he had been pretty sane before. Mad, mad, I tell you. With the threat over, Doctor Doom leaves, allowing the heroes to use his time machine to return home. When Moondragon, Vision, and Scarlet Witch are about to travel back to the present, Spider-Man decides to stay a moment longer to try and stop the hanging of John Burroughs and the others to be put on trial for witch witchery. However, Spider-Man arrives too late to prevent the faded hanging. Hmm. Right off the bat, I'm going to start with that ending. If those people were historically killed, which they were, Spider-Man was trying to change history right there. Mm-hmm. Which well, is why so he that couldn't. Would, that, that would be right. a bad thing. He shouldn't be doing such such things. And in fact, his being there helped cause them to be hung, hanged. 
What is the correct verb in this case? Hunged. Hunged. I was just say that. Hanged. Hanged. Yeah, that is kind of a shocking last page. Yeah, it kind of puts a little bit of a, a damper on the story, but I, I, you know, if it's serves its purpose, like we didn't know how it was going to end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's sad. He he gets and and you know he's like, oh lord, the fight took too long. I'm too late, too late. Don't. Yeah, he did the the Homer Simpson. Thing. <laughs> don't. Ooh, donuts. Colonial donuts. <laughs> Pilgrim donuts. Pilgrim donuts. So, I kind of feel like the artwork in this book actually took a step up again. Hmm. I, I think I, you know, for the overall, like I think there's a lot of really sharp images in this one. Although, if you go to page three, and the first first uh, first panel in that, Moon Dragon's uh, neck piece on her cape is putting Charlotte <laughs> Scarlet Witch's headpiece to shame. It's so large. <laughs> yeah. You know what I always think when I think see or you know know that moon dragon is in a story i'm like oh god here we go well i i don't think she's really <laughs> she's always she's like to debbie downer of the marvel universe but i don't think she's to character in this because because her character is supposed to be incredibly arrogant and just condescending and they're really not showing that here they, they just kind of has, have no. her as a bland True. no per- personality free character yeah, I mean, usually, yeah, usually she is just a snobby, you know. But ah, yeah, I don't know. That's why the first thing I was just like, "Oh, really, Moon Dragon? Come on!" No, no, not Moon Dragon. But you know, you have a couple of panels here. You know, the, there's the two-page uh, splash with uh, the four heroes being, you know, all laid out, which I think is really striking. Then you, yeah. you know, the the dark the dark rider is drawn pretty well throughout, and uh, you know what's you know, interesting? Uh, oh, about that plate page with the two with them laid out, and there's like a like a power conduit siphoning their power through up through Doctor Doom in a glass bubble, and then he's got three. Now I, I took that see, here. I thought this was wires, but maybe that's energy transferring into his gauntlet, like through three little nubs on his fist. But on the cover, he's got that same thing, but he's blasting energy out of it, hitting Moon Dragon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was because I was like, you know, at first I'm like, well, that's not even on, that's not even in the book, and then you scroll down, like, oh yeah, it is. It's right there. Oh. I mean, it, it's almost like that's how he was getting, you know, sucking the energy out of him. So, but I, I guess it was a uh, a beam because. Later, after Moon Dragon uh, attacks him, he's got the three things still on his gauntlet, but there's no like, there was no physical connection. It was just an energy connection. Right. Although it appears to be a physical connection to Doctor Doom going to the to the um, the actual, I guess, altar. You could say which that kind of looks like technology, which wouldn't it? But well, we'll kind of learn because Moon Dragon reads. Uh, you know, can you read my oh, mind? Right. You know. She's oh, flying around with Superman. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
So yeah, she reads that he's well, what some type of uh, like in the age of wizards and uh, whatever. And he, yeah, yeah, something like that. So it's, it's definitely a little. Bill Mantelow was like a little hit for me, a little hit for the Dark Rider, a little hit for me. Gonna write the story. So it's kind of kind of a little bit of, the, of a reverse of what we got in the last issue. Because if you remember in the last issue, in the center was Dark Rider yeah. kind of giving the history, the story. and on the sides were the battle. In this one, in the center is the battle, and on the sides are his history. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a reverse of it. I like. I really like the way Doom looks in that globe. He looks helpless. He's like, he's like a rag. Well, 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 using the term again. <laughs> He's a rag doll again. Rag doll. <laughs> Living in a sphere. It's Dr. Doom, yeah. Dun, dun. Yeah, and then like the next shot, uh, we get a re like a different version of the cover where Vision and Spider Man are trying to get Doom out of the, the crystal bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doom's bubble boy. Dr. Doom. The the monarch in the bubble. With John Travolta is Doctor Doom. <laughs> I got nothing. Boy, I got I no good. It. John Travolta. Hey, he's hey. a bubble boy. The bubble boy. He yes, he was. What was that? Back in the seventies, he was the bubble boy. Yep. In boy in the plastic yeah. bubble. Boy in not, plastic. Yeah. not Jake Gyllenhaal in the other. Oh, that's a different. Boy. Yeah, that's a different one. <laughs> and then they break him out, and he drops like a stone to the ground. Whoops! <laughs> Sorry. Don't tell him what happened. Doom is down for the count. But then he's up. And then he's down. And he's up. He gets knocked down. But he gets up again. But he gets up again. You know, never going to keep him gonna, down. Yeah. So I do I do like the fact that, you know, they eventually realize we have to combine our powers to take him out. Hey, yeah, I, I and you know, know what never happened in any of these books that, that normally happens in a team-up book? They don't fight, each, fight each They other? don't fight each other. Oh, you're right. Usually they always fight each other, and I don't think they've ever fought each other in these four issues. No, including even Doctor Doom. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Because that's always a trope. Like, oh, Marvel two and one, Marvel team up. Oh, we get together, we fight, we fight, we fight, fight, <laughs> fight, 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 and that's not here. They actually have a common enemy in the beginning and work together in a true team up fashion. The end. Everybody. The end. <laughs> the end. And I'm just looking at the last page. With the end, you see the, the feet of the people hanging from the tree. Oh. <laughs> it just seems so cold to just say the end with that. Yeah. Yeah. History makes no mention of a battle that was fought by superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Say well, that. There are witches. They were lumped in as witches. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Yes. Could have happened. happened. Is a witch, witch bird. Uh, no, How it is a witch, but did buff, did she were float? <laughs> <laughs> what what other things float? Small stones. <laughs> right. So, oh, sorry. Anyway, back to this one. Uh, I keep, you know, the the story just continues to be the same. You know, more of the same. It's it's just been for me enjoyable throughout. But in this issue, I think the art reaches its highest level in this issue. I think uh, the individual drawings are really sharp, and I think that uh, the coloring is kind of pops in this issue. Mm-hmm. So this this is 
of the four, this is my favorite one. My my biggest complaint about this one is kind of like you said, eh, Moon Dragon. But uh, <laughs> also just the fact that I feel like she's kind of mischaracterized throughout it. She's she's shown as you know kind of the generic be- benevolent hero. I am. Which she's. She always not. has an interesting outfit because you wonder how does it stay on. You know. True. Mm-hmm. I got excited on. On page eleven, where I thought she got hit in the head with a rock, but then I realized that Beam was actually coming out of her head. <laughs> ah, darn! Yeah. yeah, it would be kind of cool if she got hit in the with the rock. Then, <laughs> oh, she does get dissolved by an orb, and and then she looks like the the one from the Headmen, Ruby, <laughs> yeah, name Ruby is. Tuesday. Yeah, right. That's her name, right? It's not just the song. Yes. Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. Who could put a globe on you? Yeah, she's got a woman's body, Matt, and and a, and a basically a red crystal ball for a head. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, that's what she has, and then she's got like a cape, like Moon Dragons, if I remember. She's called Ruby Tuesday. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Headmen, wasn't it, Paul? Yep. Who are the yep. other people in the Headmen? There's a guy that's got a yeah, the, ape the, the body. guy who had the the human head with the ape body. You had. Uh... The guy who had the incredibly loose skin. <laughs> oh, that's right. And, and and then you had Chandru the Mystic. Yes, good old Chandru. Yeah. They were all characters. At least those three were all characters from old Marvel horror stories that were then uh, revived by Steve Gerber to be, to become the Headman. And they were in the Defenders. I don't know about Ruby or... Tuesday. She may have been an original creation. Were they always in the Defenders, or were they also in like? Well, they they, they, they they were introduced in the Defenders. I don't know if maybe they appeared later in you know like in the nineties when I wasn't really reading anything. Mm-hmm. So it's it's possible that that they I, I would imagine they had other appearances. I would just lump them in with the Mandrill for some reason. I love the Mandrill. The guy that's got the the Mandrill face and a human body. Yep. And he can like get he can he hypnotizes women. He maybe. hypnotizes women. He's got the face of a mandrel ape monkey. And then okay. his sidekick is, is uh, what's her name? Nurka, the one who hates men. Necra. Necra. She's got, like, pale skin. She's African-American, but she has white skin. She's an albino. Yeah, she's an albino. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's uh, she's like Michael Jackson. And she, and she lives on the power of hate. Yeah, she lives on the power of hate. Donald Trump. You would oh, sorry. Like her. Yeah, no. Now we can get Republican hate mail. <laughs> I offend. I offend everyone sense. equally. You're, Good job. You're a, a, a uh, what's it? An even uh, equal opportunity. A, equal opportunity. Equal, yes, I I am an equal opportunity offender. Thank you very much. I offend everyone equally, including myself. So, uh, are we ready for a grade? Hey, let's go yep. for it. We've been on for a while. So, the cover. Yeah, if it had a different palette, I'd like it a little more. But I'm still going to give it a... I'm going to give it a B-. minus. Even though its color should be different. And the Scarlet Witch should be doing something besides trying to ask for spare change from the Dark Rider. Whatever the hell she's doing down there. Um... um the interior art is, again, on the double page is pretty cool. And, and it's nice, like, we do have the reversal of what's going on inside the other double page spread. 
with the battle on the outside and or the battle on the inside this time and the story, uh, the backstory going on on the outside edges. So and you know Doom in a bubble, Bubble Boy Doom is nice. Um, you get some nice blasts out of Doctor Doom's gauntlets and stuff. Uh, I'm going to give the art in here a B, and the story for mostly a punchy punchy run run. It gets you get the added oomph or punctuation in the last page when he thinks he's going to go back and save the people and realizes he's too late. So I'm mm-hmm. uh, going to give the story a B as well. So overall, I'm still going to give the book a B. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think the cover, if they had just gone with a darker palette, I think this could have been an A cover. But it's a B cover as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the interior artwork, I think, outside of being inked by Klaus Janssen, this is as good as you're going to get from self You see him. I think this is really sharp. Klaus? I think this, oh, sorry. This, this points in here where it reminds me of Jim Starlin. And mm, with the cosmic stuff? Yes. Looking stuff? Yeah. And I, I, just, I just think there's really not any bad artwork in this. I can't point to anything that I don't particularly like. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say an A on the interior art. And the story just, you know, kind of brings the whole wackiness to a conclusion in a fairly satisfactory manner. And in a Marvel team-up fashion, it does so without ever having any impact on the rest of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> so I'm going to say a B-plus on the story, and I'm giving this book a B-plus. All right. Well, cover, yeah, that if anything but that pea-yellow background, it'd be great. But that just ruins it. So, but uh, I mean, the I like the action around it, but eh. Um. So I guess uh, I, I guess I gotta go C minus again, like the last one, because it's it's well, yeah, I'll go with that. That's that's the worst grade I've given, and I don't. I mean, there's no sense in dropping it any more than that. This is my least favorite one. But the artwork inside, I agree with what everyone said. It's definitely again, it, it, it doesn't feel like I've switched. Uh, comics necessarily. The story is still it still matches what I looked at. Um, the it's vastly improved from the first one. Probably, uh, I think I agree with you, Paul. I think it actually is the best of the four. In fact, that that double page of the uh, three heroes on that um, platform or whatever it is uh, in the woods. The woods is that's probably the most detail we've gotten in any of the background images so far. The forest, whatever you want to call that. Um, but then you get then you have uh, Dark Rider's Blade, which has a lot of fun things going on with it art-wise, especially when Cotton Mather takes it as well. You get really get some fun uh, with him raising it into the sky with the starry background. Yeah, it's actually now that I'm looking at it and pointing out these things, this is definitely the the best of the internal uh, interior artworks. So I'm actually going to go. Uh, I'll give it the highest of the in the interior artworks I've given it and give it an A, uh, B. For the story, all the way through, it, it dropped down in a third a little bit, but this came back. I did start liking the the um, the climax of the story. I did not notice that everyone was not fighting each other like you would typically expect until it was pointed out in this recording, and that actually made it even better for me. And I did like, as much as the last panel is kind of like, oh, it kind of just brings everything <laughs> down. I mean, it, it's... it's uh, it, if they're going to make this a story where they 
enter and then leave and not alter history with everything that's done. That has to happen. And they could have just said that they could have walked away saying they didn't affect history, but they, the story went one step further and actually showed you that, that how, how much this is not affect history. And as much of a bummer as it is, it's, they didn't have to do that. And I think it to their credit, they did and made the story better. So it's been almost bees all the way through. So I have to give the entire run of the four issues, uh, B and then this one, this is probably, I guess probably B plus with that A in there. So B plus for this issue, B for everything we just went through at the very least. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty much in agreement that the overall story is, you know, the overall four issue run uh, is a B story. It's you know, it's solid, it's enjoyable, it's somewhat memorable, but it's not you know like the best ever. Which, right, you know, right. You know, I mean, not quite up to that A level, but but very much enjoyable and very. I, to me, I think a pretty good choice for a Halloween story. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You got, I mean, yeah, witches and superheroes. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a, like a um. Oh, it's a. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror where they turned everybody into their actual characters. It almost kind of feels like that. It's like, oh, this is what you're dressing mm-hmm. up as, and they put a curse on them, and they actually turned into these people. Kind of in that sense. It's like the neighborhood went out trick-or-treating and it turned into real life for four issues. It's just, by the way, another show that uh, people can listen to on Neo's ass. It's the uh, (laughs) Simpsons. Uh, And are you doing Treehouse of Horror again for... uh, No. uh, No, no. I kind of wish we were going to, but we we have it, and now we're almost halfway through October, so maybe next year. We were thinking of doing our least favorite ones because there's some... For as much fun as we had talked about the really good stories, there are some really bad ones that were, well, of course, over 26, 7 years of doing three Halloween stories each year. You're going to have some bad ones, but there are some really bad ones. I'm trying to remember. I, I always enjoyed the Halloween ones, but unfortunately, uh, with 27 years, as you said, yeah, I'm, I'm much better versed on the first 10 years of the exactly. show, and then, yeah. then I become very sporadic on what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. That's funny you say the first 10 years. Every, uh, just about everyone says the first 10 years. And in fact, when you go through Springfield at Universal Studios, you'll see signs on the rides that say uh, clips featured in Q-Line from seasons 1 through 10 of The Simpsons. So even The Simpsons property themselves <laughs> like to showcase just the first 10 years. Well, it's just, you know, it's, it's not that I don't like the show anymore. It's just, you know. I don't know. There, there is a sense of there's so much now that it's yeah. like, well, I kind of, kind of seen it. So bingo. I don't yeah. know. Yep, yep. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Well, that's good because that makes one of us. <laughs> so before we call it a day, you want to pimp anything else? No, you guys have been very generous of uh, talking about news as uh, in the opening and throughout the show. So I'll just say it one more time: newsas.com for all the stuff these guys have generously uh, talked about. Throughout this episode, so that's yeah. that's all well, I can add. You're not to. listening to Two True Freaks, which you should listen to everything Two True Freaks puts out. But when you're not listening to that, then you go over and you listen to some Neo's ass. There you go. Now that sounds sounds good to me. Yep. So thanks for coming on again, Matt. Oh, I my pleasure. It. Thank it's you good, for inviting always me. Always good talking to you. I always enjoy Halloween's my favorite time of the year. So anyone that wants me to sit in anything having to do with Halloween, no matter what, I. The only way I'll say, in fact, I won't say no. I just might not answer you because I'm out doing something Halloweenish. But other than that, I'm always happy to <laughs> join in. 
it was good to have you. So thanks again, and everybody listening, we'll see you next week. Yep. Hey, thanks for dropping those charges, Matt. Because uh, it's I'm too uh, I'm too pretty to go to prison. <laughs> That's what I always thought. That's why I did it for the good of mankind. Plus, it's hard to get Mountain, Mountain Dew in there. <laughs> but when you do, you know, it's there's, warm. There's people in prison who think that the first thing they need to do is punch Doctor Bill. Hey, you know, well, you what to prove that they're the toughest one there? No, that's just because they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to two true freaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the two true site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Don't you know that you are a putter star? What's the, what's the one guy's name? <laughs> Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, he got so drunk on the plane he had to go to the hospital when he landed in Orlando last time. <laughs> oh, God. He's my, he's my, I've never seen Harry Potter, but that's my favorite character. So you could say he was a little haggard? <laughs> if, I, if I knew any of the characters, I'd, I'd probably laugh. Yeah, no, never mind. <laughs>